Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast, episode number 25. Today, I'm interviewing the amazing MG of Be Think Do Coaching. M is a best-selling author and international business and mindset coach for women. And we had a fantastic chat about the perception effect today. Um, there's a few laughs, there's a few uh, little X-rated moments where we had a few jokes about some of the fun that M has brought to the coaching industry and um, and she's definitely so much fun. I think you're gonna love this episode. So um, stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. off today with MG, the real MG. Um, in the house. <laughs> welcome, MG. I'm so excited to have you on. I've been following you now for quite some time. It's been quite a few months. So I'm really, really excited to welcome you to the podcast and to my Facebook page. Um, if you're watching live on Facey, hello to you. And um, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. In two places at once, Facebook and two podcast. Two places at oh, once. Magic. Very cool. We're teleporting ourselves around the internet right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, so a little bit about M. In less than five years as a solopreneur, M has become a best-selling author and international business and mindset coach to women all over the world. Her unwavering belief in all women to shine as leaders in their own fields has led her to teach unstoppability as a quality already there to be unleashed from within every single business owner she works with. As a mum of two young girls, MG prides herself on being transparent, authentic and true to her values all while scaling her business in ways not everyone expects. Thinking out of the box is her style, paving the way for others to do the same and get equally unstoppable results. Welcome, Em. That is what an introduction. <laughs> yes, and unstoppability, totally a word. You won't it's find it in the dictionary, but, you know, who, who decided what words are? And I love it. I think you put your stamp on it for sure. And, you know, as I say, I've been following you for quite some time and um, it just felt so much in alignment to get you on here because I love what you do and I love the fun uh, that you bring to the internet, lighting up the feeds and all the places, um, but also the quality, the depth and breadth of what you bring to the table is um, is amazing. And, of course, you've got a background in teaching. Yes, <laughs> Which I, I love. Yeah, and it's funny when you share that with people, you recognize how many people are in coaching and as entrepreneurs that are teachers. And I recently talked about it on my podcast too, because yeah, I didn't realize you were a teacher until you listened to my podcast episode with Tina and you're like, oh, hey, we've got a lot in common. We've got so much more in common than what I even thought. And uh, so it's so great to have you here. So one of the things that you do talk about um, around all the places is the perception effect. What's the secret to understanding our own perceptions and that of others? And I want to know how this understanding can really help us as business women. 
So the perception effect basically is the effect that our perception has on everything in our life and in our business. So that's what it is. If, if someone's listening to this and going the perception effect, it's, it's simply the effect of our perception on everything. And once you are aware of how your perception affects or affects everything, there's teacher hat coming back on. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see the outcomes that are changed through your perception it's a total game changer in the way that you operate in your life and in your business. So, for example, quite often we have tunnel vision, a tunnel vision perception, and we think there is a problem, there's something wrong, and we cannot see any way around it. And it's literally like we have this block right in front of our face. There's all of these options around us. And for those that are on the podcast, they can't see me moving my hands. I talk my, <laughs> with my hands a lot. I should have been Italian. Um, but we miss everything that's around that block because all we Outside can see is the periphery. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All we can see is what's right in front of us if that's all we're looking for. But our perception can be changed through a variety of techniques. There's like millions. There's I could, couldn't put a number on it because if I put a number on it, I would be perceiving that it's limited and it's not limited. There is no limit to how you can perceive something. But often, especially in business and especially in the early days, we think there's this one way of doing things. And if that one way doesn't work, we're screwed. We can't do this. We give up. But actually, if we understand the perception effect, we can shift it and find an alternative route. Mm, Really taking those blinkers off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Often it's putting our phone down. Our phone is like the block and it's the shape of a block and it's right in front of our face. We get sucked in and we're looking at what everyone else is doing and thinking, well, they can do it. What's wrong with me? But actually, if we put it down and give ourselves some space, we open our mind up to possibility to think beyond our current perception. Mm. Yeah, it really does distort. It distorts our own perception and it shapes it in a way that is not necessarily in alignment with what our own capacity is, you know, like it's, yeah, it's so true. It's um, which brings me to the next question, because I love that you are an NLP master practitioner um, another thing we have in common, but, you know, I just find myself is that it's a modality that gets such a bad rap. Um, And, you know, just going to be completely honest and say that I get it. I get that it gets a bad rap from time to time um, because it's often been seen as being manipulative and sleazy as a modality and used for, you know, for the wrong ways. But, you know, why do you think that NLP works? Like how have you seen it used to really transform people and change those perceptions? Because, you know, we know as master practitioners how powerful it is to help people take the blinkers off and actually see and reshape um, away from our other screens and influences that we have. So, you know, what what kinds of ways have you seen that work and how do you use that in your programs, um, you know, to really bring about that transformation? So it's interesting because I wasn't even aware that there was that perception of NLP when I first studied practitioner level. I didn't know what NLP was. I was just looking for something for mindset. 
uh, for my clients at the time. I was a personal trainer and I was looking at, you know, ways that I could assist them further than just the physical movement component. And I studied it, loved it, and it wasn't until after that that I started sharing with people that I was an NLP practitioner that I realized, oh, there's some people that have got some thoughts about this, which was interesting because obviously I didn't go into that training with any of that perception and came out of it with, obviously, it changed my life. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever done. But I think that anything can be manipulative, any tool. And in fact, we're always manipulating everyone, always. Manipulation, there's a perception around the word manipulation, right? That it's a bad thing. But actually, everything we do is manipulation. I manipulated my hair to look like this today. (laughs) And that is not a bad thing, right? I manipulated my face when I put my makeup on. (laughs) A hundred percent, right? We're constantly manipulating our audience when we put a filter on, right? Because we want to show up in a certain way. And is that a bad thing? Like you get to choose. Is it a bad thing? It can be actually putting our best face forward. (laughs) Exactly, right? We show up because we want people to perceive us in a certain way. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's not, but it's not NLP that's the problem. It's the person using it and what their intentions are, if there's a problem there. And, you know, it's the same as any profession or any, you know, there's, there are police officers out there who have unconscious intentions that they're not aware of when they go to use their power. Yeah. There are, doctors in the same position right it's not it's not necessarily NLP but I think with NLP what's happened and I know this wasn't even your question but I really wanted to just like bring it through about it quickly was the thing is people get triggered by NLP because they start to realize that they're responsible for the outcomes in their life and they don't fucking want to be excuse my French I'm sure you know that I swear so I guess you predicted that oh no (laughs) there's their thumbs on this program (laughs) okay cool that's good to know so people get triggered and then they think well I don't like that because it doesn't feel good because it's challenging it's confronting and I think that's part of the reason why NLP got a bad rap but also yes because 100% it was you know mid-90s when a lot of bro marketers started to use NLP techniques and it became that sleazy kind of vibe. And unfortunately, a lot of people made some associations with that, which is again, something we learn in NLP is that you go NLP sleazy and you make a connection and then there's that connection in your brain, but that's one perception when there are limitless perceptions. So I'm linking this all in now. I love it. I love the linkage. And it's, you know, it is, it's so, it's just, you know, I have to agree that NLP, I, you know, just quietly, I think with teacher backgrounds, teaching backgrounds, we were using NLP, we were NLP masters long before we even knew what NLP was, right? Like there is, you know, I had a teacher in my inbox yesterday who's a former colleague who wants to become a life coach. And and she said, you know, I want to do a life coach certification. And I just said to her, I'll teach you how to do life coaching in five minutes. I said, go and get a, go and get a qualification in NLP. It'll resonate. You're a teacher. You're already natural just you know shape it into this modality and the rest will fall into place but you know I have to agree like NLP 
when I started using it for my life and the way that I was showing up in the world and reshaping my perception um, is definitely the most profound change, you know, and I, at the time I didn't realize I was using NLP, um, but it, you know, it is just such a profound modality and it's the stuff you can't unlearn, you know, when you know and understand NLP or when you've been coached, by a master practitioner using NLP, you can't undo that shit. Like you just can't. Sometimes you, can't you wish you can, right? Because you're so aware that you're like, God damn it, life would be easier if I didn't realize what was really going on here. But at yeah. the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. It's like all of a sudden you, you're like, oh, that's my responsibility. And that's my responsibility. I can't keep blaming other people anymore for that or blaming the weather or, you know, blaming my, you know, my past or whatever it may be, it's sort of like you have this awareness that, you know, um, my responsibility is my responsibility. So it's, you know, it's leveling up, which is just such a great thing. Yes. And I mean, in response to your actual question about how women in business can use this, I'll give you an example. So I had a client start working with me at the beginning of this year and she thought she had a strategy issue. She wasn't bringing in enough revenue I knew it wasn't a strategy issue. It was a mindset issue. And we used some reframes, which is very basic NLP, looking at things from a different perspective, the perception effect, pretty much. And she started to change a few things in the way that she brought clients in or didn't said no to some clients and changed her offerings. It wasn't really strategy, but it was more just going, well, what offers are going to bring me more joy? What offers are going to bring me more income? And focusing on those, even though to do that, she had to overcome some of the thoughts and emotions and beliefs that she had about it. And she five times her income within two months from doing that. And I have got a podcast episode on that. I'm not sure if you got to binge watching that one, but that's what's possible. And I'm not saying that's going to happen for everyone who changes, you know, their mindset within two months, but that is what's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love that that's a question that you, you even ask is like, what brings you the most joy? You know, like what brings you the most impact, the most joy, and then looking at, well, what can bring you the most income as well? They're like, you know, three of my most favorite questions, Um, because I think that's where the gold is, you know, like that's where the gold is, but it's like finding that beautiful balance between being able to do this and, and create impact and income, um, but also, you know, make sure that we're designing our lives in a way that is in alignment with what we're here to create because we ain't doing this for shits and giggles. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I often think to myself about my eulogy. What do I want mm. to be said in my eulogy? Because mm. then I know that if the action I'm taking is leading towards that, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it feels. It's worth it. Totally. Legacy leaving all the way. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So good. Um, you recently had some incredible exponential growth in your business, um, which was a six-figure launch. I heard a, a beautiful interview with you and Tina Tower, um, who is one of my business coaches who I followed for a long time now and, and finally joined her Empire Builder program, which I know that you've been in as well. Um, 
you know, this is just huge. So inspiring and like really, really inspiring. There was obviously quite a bit that went into making that happen. It didn't come from nothing. Um, but specifically like which mindset, which mindset strategies did you really adopt and use going into that launch that gave you the edge for that? So there's one in particular that I talk about as being my number one mindset strategy when it comes to launch and when it comes to goal setting, because you set a goal, well, if you don't, you should set a goal for launch, right? It's not that I'm shooting all over anyone, but it's a suggestion. Well, you you don't, if you don't put it in your order to the universe, it doesn't deliver. (laughs) Exactly, right? And I always go above what is quote unquote possible. Yeah. And the reason I do that is there's a few reasons. The first reason is because when I do that, I show up as if I'm going, I'm going for that goal. Mm-hmm. And I always achieve higher than what I would if I was going for a realistic goal. So I don't believe in realistic goals. I don't believe in smart goals. And I also no am, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm also super aware that if I don't hit that actual target that it's okay and that's a lot of internal mindset work that I've had to do around the whole idea of failure because nine times out of ten when I go for a massive goal I actually don't reach it and I'm okay with that most people are not okay with that because nine times out of ten is like I failed I failed I failed I failed I failed I failed I don't know if I've said it nine times yet Mm. and most people go oh I can't I can't keep going but I keep going and then guess what happens? $101,000 and $101.89. Yeah, that's amazing. So So, like, hello, people, this was in one launch, like, you know, like in two weeks. How long was the launch, Em? Yeah, it was a two-week open cart. Yeah. Two weeks. Like, seriously, it's just incredible. Like, yeah. huge. Yeah. Do you mind? I was mind blowing. What, what was your biggest launch before that, if you wouldn't mind me asking? Uh, my biggest launch before that was about 24,000. Epic. And my first launch, which was so, my first group coaching launch was only 12 months earlier than that. And that was 11,000. Wow. And I was really excited with 11,000 at the time because it was the yeah. first time I'd run a launch process like that. It was the first time I was offering a mastermind program, it was the first time I delved outside of one-to-one coaching. So I was like, yes, $11,000, five-figure yeah. launch. And then I was like, you know what? What's after five figures? Six figures. Let's do it. <laughs> and literally quadrupled the previous launch like that is just huge yeah yeah so tell us what was it that you were launching so I mean I know but for my listeners what you know what what is your program that you were launching that got you those six figures so the program is called the unstoppables and it's a 12-month group coaching container and it's for women whoever is you don't have to be in any particular type of business I've got such a huge variety of businesses in there which is cool because we're all learning from each other and most of it is about accountability to be honest there's a lot of content but really the gap that I've seen in the market is that accountability And people go, I know what I need to do, but I'm not doing it. And at the end of the day, that's why coaches have coaches. Because while we could do it on our own, we're going to do it 
faster, better, with more gusto if we've got someone in our corner. Mm. And it is an absolutely beautiful group of women. Like I, they are my ideal clients and we've been having so much fun. They're like my family. And, yeah, it's it's an absolutely brilliant program. I'm loving having it. When did you first launch it, Em? January. Oh, amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty special, isn't it, having a membership? This isn't your first time having a membership. You've had a membership before. How is this one different to what you had before? Oh, it's so different. So this isn't a membership because people can't drop in and out. So it's tw- it's a 12-month commitment. It's a 12-month commitment, yeah. Yes, yeah. And then beyond that, they will be able to stay on on a monthly basis. So yeah. I guess it will become a group coaching program that, once you've committed to that 12 months, you can stay on and that's kind of a membership. But the membership that I had in the past, which was 2019 and 2020, was a very low cost membership. And I over-delivered to the death and it was exhausting for me, amazing for them, but also overwhelming for my members because they were only paying such a small amount of money And then I was delivering so much that it's almost like the energetic commitment didn't match. So I learned a lot in that Mm. process. Uh, But I also loved that membership. Like, again, my highest value is connection. So having those women, I had 100 women in that group. And, oh, my gosh, like, love so many of them. Still in touch with so many of them as well. Some of them are in the Unstoppables now. And I think that's the kind of style of coaching that I love because, I love connecting with lots of people, but also helping them connect with each other. And that's happening in the Unstoppables too. You know, they're all helping each other with different aspects because everyone's got different business types. Yeah, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, that's really beautiful. What's your human design? I'm a manifesting generator. Ah, love it. (laughs) MG. Yes, of course. I'm not at all surprised. I was thinking, oh, she's got to be an MG. What about you? What's your human design? Uh, projector. I'm a projector. Oh, wow, cool. I'm a three five projector with splenic authority. So, oh right, yes. I do yeah. know what I attract. So many projectors into my realm, and vice versa. A lot of my clients are manifesting generators. So how interesting yeah. is that? It's yeah. um, it's it is a really beautiful fit. You know, like it is a really really beautiful fit. It's um definitely. There's definitely something with the Manny Jennies and the projectors that go well together yeah. for anybody yes. out there who <laughs> yep. I'm sure that um, that you'd agree, Em. It's definitely it's a good fit. If you're either of those, look for look for the other in um in your client base because it just works really nicely. Yeah, 100 percent does. Yeah. yeah. Um I'd love to get your take on the saying success leaves clues. And, and it's even more interesting that you're going to answer this as a manifesting generator <laughs> because I'm kind of thinking you're going to have an interesting twist on this. It, this is just a question that dropped in. It's not one that I asked, but I'm like, I really want to ask her what's what's her take on this. So, so what's your take on the saying success leaves clues? Now I feel like I've got a certain like thing I've got to step up to with being a manifesting generator. I'm like, oh, what, what have I got to say about this? Uh, And I had kind of thought about this before because success leaves clues is not a quote that I am like particularly fond of as such, because I think like, what is success? 
you know, and I think the person that came up with that quote was probably saying, hey, look at who's successful and look at what they do and do what they do. But I'm like, eh, <laughs> because how someone else does it might not be you, right? And I think that while success leaves clues in the sense that you can look at people for inspiration, you also need to be really, really clear on who you are and what your values are. And that's again, that's how NLP comes into this is understanding your values, your core values and working out how you want to do things. You know, you can jump online and find multiple blueprints for success, right? That was probably a couple of years ago. That was all the lead magnets were blueprints for success. And that's how that person did the thing. And that's helpful as like a resource point and looking at what works for you. But for example, my launch formula that I use has been taken from a variety of coaches that I've worked with over time Mm -hmm. and then created into my own because that's what feels really good for me. That's what brings me joy. Yeah. And, and it's not the same as everyone else, but there will be some components that are the same. So I think when you're starting out, it's helpful. It's very helpful to consider that success leaves clues that, you know, there's people already doing what you want to do. So what are they doing? Mm. But look at it through your own lenses. Don't get blind, blinded by the shiny things that other people are offering because, oh, wow, look how successful they were in it. If you just try and do that, you'll only get to a certain point when you add your flavor, then you'll get much further. Like I haven't seen anyone else dressing up as a superhero, right? Which is which is what I've d- done for the Unstoppables. I have a but, question for you about that suit. I know. <laughs> but interestingly, someone followed me after the Tina Tower podcast and she then sent me this whole blog on this guy that his whole marketing strategy is about using avatars. And he teaches other businesses how to use their avatar as a marketing strategy. And I'm like, what? So he's been doing this before me. I mean, of course, like it's hard to have completely original ideas, but I hadn't seen it anywhere. And he's got this whole book on the psychology of it. And I'm like, wow, look at me. I'm onto something that I didn't even know I was onto. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. It's, a, it's thing. a thing. It is, As you say, it is possible for more than one person to have the same original idea not even yeah. be aware of it he certainly wasn't wearing the blue leotard that goes right up the clacker like I was so so tell me about that so just for the listeners who don't know M uh M's brand really does ooze you know light bright fun personality um a few f-bombs here there and everywhere and as part of that she's worn um a rather gorgeous suit I love it as a as a dancer the dancer in me was like I want to wear a suit too (laughs) Uh, but tell me um your suit has become your unstoppable brand tell us about the suit (laughs) oh my gosh so I knew that I wanted the unstoppable component of my brand to become like you know the Incredibles my kids watch the Incredibles on Netflix the superhero of yeah motivation and mindfulness and mindset and yep. all the and things just you know fist pumping the air I'm doing this nothing can stop me and so I actually started getting a cartoon drawn up of myself now I have have pink hair on and off depending on how much I can be bothered 
dealing with that. How quickly it fades out. <laughs> so I thought, well, that's that's an easy way to make it obvious that it's me. It's got my, you know, short bob with pink hair and then I'm wearing this unstoppable suit. So I started getting a graphic designer to make it up. And then as she was making it and sending it back to me, it looked good, but I was like, oh, this is something not right. And at the time I was working with one of my coaches was Heidi Anderson, who is public, public relations queen. She's been on radio, TV, all the things. And I thought to myself, okay, if this was Heidi, she would just dress up as a superhero. So I went on to lighten the box, which is <laughs> terrible, cheap stuff. And you've got no idea if it's going to fit. And I ordered this electric blue leotard, which is very, very high cut. So my whole butt's hanging out and you cannot wear any knickers underneath it. So it's quite dangerous. I brought some like uh, latex boots that are... Dangerous pink. is as dangerous does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, uh, and I bought a pink mask and like a, you know, a superhero mask, not a face mask like we've been wearing for the last not COVID years. style. <laughs> superhero mask. Although I have been tempted to wear my superhero mask to the shops and say, I am wearing a mask been very tempting and then I made a cape because I couldn't find the cape that I wanted so I made one even though I have no idea how to make things like that I figured it out and I dressed up I got a friend to take photos she previously had done a lot of photos dressed up we went out and um, into the public not really the public like but out into nature so there were other people around and I live in country western Australia so you can imagine the reaction of people going what on earth is happening here? You're in Albany, right? Yes. Yes. I've got I've got cousins in Albany. There you How go. Is that crazy, <laughs> right? Small world. It is. Yeah. It actually blows my mind. And yeah, those photos became part of my branding, and it just got bigger than Ben Hur. And it was like I had to wear it to all of my workshops and launch. I had to like. <laughs> I have worn that blue leotard so much. I've got an event coming up in September um, where I'm talking about how you can bring creativity into your business. I'm like, oh, I've been a leotard. <laughs> the suit's got to come out. <laughs> and, you know. Like a yellow leather mini skirt or something to go with it. Oh, that would be good. Pop yes. the cheeks in and that for a bit, you know. Like you could do one whiz around the room. And then cheeks that, out north for Monty. Yeah, I mean, I think I might have to find a solution because if I'm moving around the stage and that there's one slip of that, it could be one slip of the lip, you're in trouble. (laughs) And it's possible. It's part of the reason I got a friend to take photos because I was like, well, at least if you see something, it's like not the end of the world. Oh, I love it. What a great story. But it really didn't expect this to get (laughs) X-rated. I love it. I, you know, I just think it's it's been so fun to watch your latest launch with you in that suit. But just, you know, I just think sometimes we just take ourselves too seriously, really, you know, and you know, in the solid business world and, you know, the coaching industry, you know, sometimes it's very, oh, I'm so magnetic and I'm so luxe. And, you know, I just love the, you know, the fresh vibe that you've brought to the table with, you know, just like not just the fun and the bubbliness, but, you know, taking the piss, right? Like it's just, I just love it. I think it's lots of fun. 
I think it's super important to have fun in business because mm. we don't go into our own business to have another job. You know, we want to live by, that. yeah, we want to live in a way that's going to make us happy. And I also think as adults, we forget how to have fun sometimes. And if yeah. you can bring it into your work, you're laughing, literally. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, tell us about your book. Oh, okay. So my book is called Uncertain to Unstoppable. And it's actually based on my first podcast. So, which I'm not sure if you know that, but my first podcast was called Rewrite Your Story. And it was all about how I have rewritten my own personal life story because of the trauma that I experienced as a young child and how I've done that. And a lot of it is NLP. A lot of it's NLP strategies that's in there. But I've made the book very light, easy to consume and easy to use as well, like usable. So it's not just my story and here, learn all about MG. It's about, okay, this is what happened in my life. This is how I change things in my life. Because I guess like if you knew me 10 years ago, there's no way you'd want to take advice from me, right? (laughs) Very different person to the person that I was. And the strategies very specifically of how I did that. So at the end of every chapter, there's activities that you can do. Some of it's journaling, some of it's certain actions that you can take. And that way it's very usable. You know, there's, for example, a chapter on judgment, which is a very common experience for a lot of women, not just women, but it's aimed at women, the book. But I do know I have a friend whose dad went out and bought it and he's in his 70s. He's like, oh, is that friend of yours written a book? I'm going to go. And he loved it. And the activities. <laughs> so I love that. But yes, yeah, so for example, this chapter on judgment, if you have read the book and you're noticing that you've got this fear of judgment, what are people thinking of me? You can come back to the book. Each chapter is like 15 minutes to read, kind of reset your mindset around that area, do some of the journal prompts at the end. And so it's a resource as well. Yeah, I love that. Fantastic. Mm. Where can we get it? Amazon, it's a bestseller. Woo! Woo! So uh, it got bestseller status in two categories within 16 hours Amazing. of going live. And there was absolutely strategy behind that. Uh, but yeah, really, I've got great reviews from so many people. I've got a friend who has a um, online membership and she's getting all of her members to buy the book for the book of the month in June. Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's a brilliant book with a brilliant resource, um, section in it. If I do say so myself. (laughs) Incredible. I love it. Tell me what, you know, what was it like writing a book? How, how, you know, how did you get through that? I found the writing of the book relatively easy because I love speaking and I love writing and I just combined it. One of the things that I did that I've made, Uh, that made it really easy was I blocked out a day of the week that was all about book book writing. I know there's some people that will go, I'm just going to slot in 15 minutes here. I'm just going to slot in 15 minutes here. I find that if I'm fully focused and I have nothing else to think about for a whole day, Mm. I get so much done. Uh, And I pretty much had most of the book written within a couple of months and then the final part of the book took me quite a lot longer to write because I've started getting up in my head about it. So there was definitely some mindset stuff to work through, but I made myself really accountable by announcing to my audience that the book would be published by the end of 2021. 
Yeah. And I got it published on the 27th of December. Oh, amazing. So it's not <laughs> yes. that long ago. No, no. It's incredible. Yeah. What a 12 months you've had. Yeah. It's and, you know, that was kind of tied up with the pre-launch of the Unstoppables program. So mm. I'm quite sure that that also was a contributing factor to the success of that launch. And I, and I purposely tied it in together. Like I had a book signing the week of my launch and, yeah. you know, all that kind of thing. Incredible. And I mean, you, you have done a lot of speaking, you know, you just, you, you just alluded that, you know, speaking and writing is something that you love to do, but you've done a lot of keynote speaking. That's how I first came across you in um, one of Angela Henderson's containers, yes. who is one of my business coaches. And um, that was the first time where I saw you speak, but you've done a lot of speaking. Do you want to do you want to speak about that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I've always loved speaking. <laughs> Loves talking. Uh, yeah. So that was like the key uh, report comment. Emily would get a lot more done if she spent less time talking and more time doing her work. Isn't that a gift? As you get, you know, as you go on in life, I, I was the same. And you know, as an entrepreneur, I think. Oh, look! It's a gift. I think it's it's such an important skill, and I. But I was also the sicko that loved giving speeches. You know, everyone was like, no, I don't want to do speeches. And I loved it, even though it frightens me. I still, if I am getting up on stage, I can still feel quite frightened before I do that or anxious. But it's just a matter of using those mindset strategies. My breath is a huge one when I'm on stage because I might not have the mental capacity in that space to, you know, really reframe. It's like, no, just breathe, just breathe deeply. And I have a couple of key words that I might say to myself like it might just be breathe or it might be you know what you're talking about or whatever it is and and I keep it really simple and then I just roll with it you know like you'd sent me questions for today I literally prepared nothing because I've gotten to the point where I can do that but it wasn't always that way right like in the past I would have been very prepared now if I'm going to a keynote I because I've done it quite a few times, I can generally just go and do it without a lot of preparation. Yes. But that wasn't always the case either. So it's not necessarily a natural thing. You know, it, it does take practice. And I've actually worked with a few people that have wanted to do more speaking, but they've had this massive fear. Had a, <laughs> I was working with a chicken farmer last year who um, was asked to do like a keynote at this massive inaugural farming uh expo and she was like I can't do it I can't do it Em and we worked together and you know she got some mindset strategies anyway she ended up doing it brilliantly got a standing ovation and um she did the chicken dance because she's a chicken (laughs) farmer she got everyone doing the chicken dance did she have a blue leotard on though (laughs) no no I don't think so but like the chicken, she'd gone from being super afraid. I'm like, I don't know if I can even say yes to this opportunity to doing the chicken dance in front of everyone. So that is possible, even if you're like listening to this and going, oh, well, Em, you're a natural. You always enjoyed doing this. Well, you know, it, you can learn. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just sort of going back to, you know, your really fantastic business success particularly over the last 12 months you know you've launched a book you've had this amazing launch I know you've just had another launch you know like do you think that speaking has been pivotal 
and, you know, speaking on podcasts and, um, you know, also keynotes to that success, how important is it for online entrepreneurs to, to do that? I don't think it's essential, but I think that it will help a lot, definitely, because it gets you in front of more people. And also you think about the people that you really respect in your field, they are probably speaking somewhere, right? So even if you don't feel like you're at that level yet, there is a level you can start at and it might be, you know, speaking at events for free. It might be offering to go on a podcast for free. There is always a level where you can start. And I do think that it has a major contributing factor long-term. If you, if you want to really become, you know, that person in your field that people go, oh, that's the person that talks about that, you know, that's the person that is the expert in that area, then it's something that you're going to have to get used to. Yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, get used to it, get uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, like there's still things that I do that are uncomfortable all the time. And that comfort zone just keeps expanding. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. And eventually there'll be parts of that discomfort that become comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, for sure. oh yeah, that old chestnut, no worries. Let's just do another podcast interview or, exactly. um, you know, whatever it may be. Once we've, you know, presented those keynotes a few times, like you say, you can show up and, you know, it's like, sitting down eating your cereal for breakfast. Yes, exactly. And it it becomes, yeah, just a really simple, straightforward thing to do. But it is, I think, a very important and very powerful way to grow your business and get your message across, you know. And at the end of the day, if you think about why you went into business, there will be a part of you that is there for impact, for legacy. And by speaking, you can have a greater impact because you're reaching more people. Mm, absolutely yeah absolutely and for free too you know people get your juice without having to work in your paid programs or whatever that may be and that has a ripple effect in itself yes beautiful thing love it well em i've got three questions that i ask my guests so um (laughs) uh if you dare to answer them uh the first one is how would your parents describe what you do for a living I love this question. So <laughs> I was thinking about this because you've sent me these questions and I'm like, how would they? Because I haven't asked them, you know, and my parents have been separated since I was one. So they're very different. But I think my mum would probably describe me as I am, as a business and mindset coach. Mm-hmm. And my dad would say something along the lines of, she shares way too much on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> does he follow you on Instagram he does he watches my stories and I'm like oh god my dad's gonna see this <laughs> it's so funny isn't it I'm waiting for the time when someone actually answers that I mean you said that your mum does know what she, what you do um but you know sometimes I wonder like do they really know but do they really know do they know what a work day looks like for you because it's so no. often so foreign to the world that our parents knew, you know, the, the, the workforce um, back in the day. Even my husband up until recently, I don't think would have been able to describe what I do. Like, yeah, I don't, I think he just sees that I post on Instagram that like, oh, I'm going out for coffee with a friend. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> well, you know, if you quit working in education, you could do the same thing. But... <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. What has been the most joyous part of your life and business journey to date? The most joyous part of my life. And you know what? Like I have got so much joy in my life and in my business. I just could not possibly say one thing. Mm. Uh, If I was to put like an overall general thing, it's that I have created choices and that's what creates joy. Mm. Even though there were times where I felt like I didn't have choices, I've consciously looked at my life and my business and all areas of my life and gone, okay, what choices can I make? And I guess I do, I am privileged in a way, you know, like I'm a white woman living in Australia, you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well. And, you know, recognize that there is plenty of places in the world that don't have that same privilege that, that both of us have, you know, absolutely. And don't necessarily have the same choices. Yeah. But I do believe that no matter what situation you're in, there are choices. And sometimes it's as simple as the way we think. Mm. You might not have an external choice, but you always have a choice in the way you think, even if that's difficult. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, to tie that, to tie a bow around that, you know, the perception, you know, like looking at the perception, it's just every, every angle, so many angles, infinite amounts of angles, like you said. Yeah. Literally infinite, infinite possibilities everywhere. What's next for you? What's next? Well, right now I am thoroughly enjoying just working on my business. I have got, because of these launches that have taken place, I've got time and space to do things on my business, on my business, in my business and on my business that have allowed me to get better at my systems, which like I've been saying to you, I'm loving your systems and the way everything runs. I'm going, well, I need to upgrade some of those things. Just things that at a foundational level, even though my business has grown a lot, I now need to reestablish the foundational things. Yeah, and backfill. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And in terms of offers, I've taken a back seat and gone, you know what, I've got these things running in the background and I don't need to put my energy into any launches for a while, which is actually so exciting but weird. Yeah. <laughs> really weird because I love launching. But I also know it's really important to replenish my energy and I'm in that phase at the moment. So very, yeah, very grateful to be at a point in my business where I can do that as well. Love it. Where can the listeners find and follow you, Em? You can find me at Be Think Do Coaching on Instagram. Uh, that is where I hang out. That's my social poison of choice. Hasn't always been that way, but um, Instagram is the place to be now. And I very much love connecting with people on there. So even if you follow me, send me a DM. I am open to chat and, yeah, that's probably the best place to go. My website, yeah, that needs a bit of an update as well. <laughs> it's on the list. It's got the basics, you know. It's it's just that I I look at my business and I go, okay, what has what's pulling the biggest levers? And Instagram is what's pulling the biggest levers. So that's where my energy goes. But my website's www.bethinkdocoaching.com if anyone wants to go check that out. And it will be linked in the show notes here uh, for the listeners on the podcast. Amazing, Em. It's been so great having you on. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with the Joyous Journeys listeners and 
sharing your story. It really has been an inspiration, um, you know, for me to follow you over the last few months. And I feel very privileged to have you on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com. 